Welcome to the Cool Fireman Podcast, a virtual firehouse kitchen table with What's a Rolfie, Unky, Fireman 1231, JDB Cubed, and Fireman Freddy. Let's get to the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is going to be episode seven of the Cool Fireman Podcast. I'll be your host this week, JDB Cubed. Um, this week, we we teased you a little bit last week talking about what it, we're, we're going to talk about some cancer stuff and some numbers that are probably going to blow your mind as to how prevalent uh, cancer is in the fire service. And it's not about if you're going to get cancer, it's about when and what kind. So uh, that being said, welcome. Um, Nick finally was able to join us today. He's getting some stuff prepped. Looked like for the Super Bowl. Looked like some ribs he's got going there. I see some, uh, mm-hmm. is that some Blazing Star you got there, Nick? Heck yeah. Yeah, I'm telling y'all, um, the Blazing Star <clears throat> pork rub. Now, I've got, I've been sending a lot of pork rubs, and they're all good, but my by far my favorite is the Blazing Star. Sweet. I'm telling you. This stuff is good. Shout out Blazing Star. Mike, you owe us a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> <At least. laughs> or, or some pork rub, one of the two. Pork rubs where it's at. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, uh, I told y'all earlier, um, Super Bowl Sunday, we're recording episode six, seven, and eight today. Um, This is going to be number seven. We're going to talk about cancer and cancer uh, statistics in the fire service. Um, I led you in last week talking about washing your gear and washing your body and being really uh, uh, hypervigilant about carcinogens. I was trying to think of a good 50-cent word there. Um, so nailed it. That being said, um, Unky, I want you to start this off a little bit. Um, being a a federal guy, and we'd already talked about the PFAS stuff. Um, I've got some numbers I'll go over in a minute, but I want you to. We talked a little bit pre-show before we started recording about a couple of things and where you personally rank nationally in a statistic that you're probably not proud of. Uh, one hand, yes. One hand, no. Um, well, we're being number a- one. Being with the federal government, uh, we deal with farmers number one. We we deal with a lot of different things than we'll say you city guys do. Um, we had to fight with legislation to get certain blood testing done for PFAS and PFOS, which is a forever chemical <laughs> that is in in um, a triple F foam. It's and it's on your dinnerware. It's a uh, Scotch Guard. Am I Scotch Guard stuff? It has it. 3M has it. Uh, it's in a lot of your your everyday materials, uh, but it's in turnout tremendous... gear that we used to wear. Yes, your fire, your turnout gear has these elements in it. Um, so PFAS, PFAS, we get our blood tested, and we're working with the International Association of Firefighters with reporting these numbers to them. And let's see, I just got my report. Um, I'm in as of uh, this past summer. I was actually number three in North America with the highest levels of PFAS forever chemical in my body. And according to a small study. Not good. Yes. um, You're only supposed to, it's usually less than 5.8. And my number is only 13. And I'm slowly going down the the top 10 or top five lists. We have guys with 30 in there with the numbers some in their 20s so uh it's a forever chemical is in your body it's bad stuff um here locally we had a plane crash uh f-18 a couple years ago we call it the good friday crash it was the perfect airplane crash we had a fire 
fighter jet go down in the city of Virginia Beach and landed in a courtyard of an apartment complex. Oh, no. And that whole apartment complex, nobody was home. It was just mm. perfect timing. Wow. Pilots are <laughs> the pilots ejected. There were like a neighborhood or two over. They were fine, a little banged up. Um, but a tremendous amount of foam was dumped there. And just a small handful of those firefighters uh, received cancer in the city of Virginia Beach. And they all traced it back. I think I'm trying to remember. I think it was three of them. They all came in together as firefighters mm-hmm. and they were all there at that scene. One is uh, terminal. Uh, the other ones uh, got got the cancer taken care of. It hasn't come back. The other ones still dealing with it. So it's it's bad stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I know we talked about it. Now I'm kind of like forgetting about it. All the stuff about it. But you hit the gist of what I was talking about, about how um, the the 5.8 you know number is where you, you need to be under. And then you're double that. And then there's a couple yeah. of guys above you that are, you know, six times that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's absurd. In the city and, but, of Virginia, but, in the city okay. of Virginia Beach, has gotten rid of foam. They had taken off the trucks. They made yeah. their foam pumps inoperable. They don't use it no more. Uh, they have a high expansion foam team. I don't know if that scene's still available, an option for that city. But that foam, if your your trucks ever pump foam, it doesn't even have to ever pump it. It's leaking everybody's pump leaks so that's getting into the normal hand line and you're out there cleaning it up you're touching it um i count i get my numbers i blame my numbers on early in my career i was part of the foam team and so i was sitting there and i'm a smoker so i got on my hands i'm pouring it on there i'm smoking a cigarette i'm touching my face touching the cigarettes all i was all in it we weren't taught anything you know this is really kind of new in the past couple years um so it just got everywhere on us. Uh, my brother has non-Hodgkin lymphoma. He's on his city's foam team. He went to foam school, had it all over him, playing with it, having a good old time with foam. Didn't think nothing of it. He got non-Hodgkin lymphoma cancer. So good time to interject. Uh, Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, men in the fire service, men and women, firefighters, uh, are 51% more likely to contract or I don't know what the appropriate term is, uh, grow, whatever, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, 51% greater than the general public. Um, and for those, let's, let's, let's circle back for just a second to talking about foam. Um, for those who, who don't know what we're talking about, firefighting foam, um, you had various types throughout the years. <clears throat> and obviously in specialty stations, uh, such as airport rescue for jet fuel and, and things like that. I know our, our airport station has a different type of foam, but typical class A firefighting foam um, it reduces, you know, scientifically, it reduces the surface tension of water. So it makes the water cling to the surface just a little bit longer. So think about when you're washing your car. If you just spray water on your car, it runs off. However, when you put a soapy material in it, which is what foam acts like, it'll cling to that car and the soap runs down a lot slower than just the water does. So when we're fighting a, a house fire, we'll put this class A foam in it and it allows the water to, some people say penetrate better. Some people say cling to the, the material better. It just allows that water to stay on the surface just a little bit longer to saturate better and seep deeper into the materials to hopefully put the fire out faster and prevent flare-ups and get the temperature down below a flashpoint. Makes the water um, go further. Right. It stretches, it stretches your water. <clears throat> Cuts the oxygen off to the flame. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it basically forms a barrier and it kind of prevents that 
that fire from growing. It so almost what... it almost films in aqueous foam. Yeah. That's what A triple F. Aqueous film forming foam. That's right. That's what it stands for. But for those of you who didn't know what we're talking about, that's what we're talking about. Uh Matt, what what uh, let me let me let me let me back up just a second. Um I chose this topic this week because my mother died of cancer when I was 12 years old in 1992 of breast cancer. My father died in 2015 of liver and lung cancer. My closest uncle died of cancer. Both of my mother-in-laws are cancer survivors. My wife's grandfather was a cancer survivor. Cancer is very near and dear to me, and it's a big deal for me. I, I tell my wife all the time, it's not a matter of when I'm going to get cancer, like I said at the, at the beginning of the show, or, or if I'm going to get it. It's when and what kind. So I personally have taken... Uh, a great initiative in trying to keep myself as as clean as possible around the fire station and to avoid carcinogens as much as humanly possible. Um, I didn't think it was a big deal at first, but the more research and data that proves that wrong, you can't deny the science. It, it is what it is. And it's obviously cancer runs in my family for whatever reason. And I don't know the heredity statistics of it, but cancer is a big deal. Um, and it's, it's something I'm going to get at some point in my life. Thankfully, my department's really proactive about cleaning and getting our physicals done and blood work and stuff. I actually do it twice a year instead of once to kind of gives it to you every year on your birth month. And I do it six months after that as well with my PCP just to kind of stay ahead of it. So hopefully when I get cancer of whatever type it's caught as early as possible and it gives me my greatest chance of survival. Your modifiable now, risk factors, right? You do what you can to, you know, your, your force multipliers and stuff. You do what you can to fight against that. Matt, Chime in here. What you got? I mean, Prop 65. What's that? Prop 65. Prop 65. Yeah. California. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we're, we're, we, we, we do our best to try to limit, you know, exposure. Um, we, uh, a few years ago, we bought a new Pierce engine um, and we started trying to adhere to the uh, clean cab concept where, um, I mean, with all of our frontline engines, all of them, we have four, but you know, we're moving stuff around in order to be able to fit our turnout gear into a outside compartment. Um, all of our BAs are now outside in a so different compartment. BAs being breathing apparatus. Phil. Yeah. All of our SCBAs, our breathing apparatus are outside. Um, what else did we do? Uh, we had a captain who just recently retired within the last few years who um, became big into the cancer world. And he goes to Florida and for conferences and stuff like that. And he got big into it, brought us um, these buckets uh, for decon, um, you know, and, and we preach, you know, just as much as you guys do about culture and it's a cultural thing. It's a tradition thing, right? Um, I think Nick, I think you texted all of us, you know, it's a badge of honor or bad, you know, I forget what the term was that you used, but yeah, it used uh, to be cool. Soot, it, soot is not a badge of honor. Yeah, it, it used That's to be the, cool. Yeah, yeah, it used to be cool to have your helmet brazed, you know, a call a color and not yellow anymore, um, or red, whatever color helmet you have. Um, and it, you know, so uh, we have rescue wipes. I believe that's the brand that we have, and they're Responder. in all of our engines, huh? Responder wipes or rescue wipes? I can't remember. I don't remember yeah. the exact. Um, and that and that's horrible that I that I don't because that means I don't really use them that often. 
Um, but you know, after a fire or, you know, any type of uh, exposure that we're going to have, we're, ex we're expected to do mass decon and spray ourselves down. And then, um, we're trying to push through to the city to get us a second, uh, set of full turnouts, um, uh, flash hood, even the, the inner liner to our helmets, um, that we can, uh, swap out. Um, our, our department's really good about, any time that we believe that we need to get our turnouts cleaned, uh, we bag them up. Someone sends an email, hey, uh, turnout maintenance is going to be here on such day. Get your, your turnouts here and they'll clean them and they'll have them back to you within a week. So we all have a secondary set um, that are typically like right at that 10-year mark, you know, on expiring um, uh, turnouts. So that's kind of what we do, you know, I mean, it's, it's still working into our culture and, you know, it's, it's up to us to get the new guys and this new generation to, um, you know, adopt to that culture in. of safety and decon and that cancer is a real thing. Um, I think, uh, Anki, you had mentioned off the air about something, <clears throat> um, about our rating going up, or maybe that was, uh, Fred. Yes. It, it our, read it, but it, yeah. It's the uh, International Agency for Cancer. Uh, it's classified firefighting as a carcinogenic to humans group number one, which is the highest, highest hazard rating of, uh, with exposures of combustible products, diesel exhaust, building material, asbestos, chemicals, shift work, and ultraviolet radiation. Basically, they, we went from a 2B or 2A to group one, which is, in other words, this job will kill you. Right. And I mean, that's not, that's gnarly. I mean, coming from California, capital G here, that's, that is insane, yeah. insane numbers. That's the classification yeah. that is basically telling you, you enter this job, but you have a much higher percentage. I don't want to spit out numbers. I don't know, but of getting cancer and dying at an early age. And what, what do we all hope? We all hope to put in a 30 year career, possibly depending on what, you know, when you get in and then to, to, to live 30 years after you retire to enjoy, you know, the fruits of your labor. So, and it's not a, just fire calls either. It's of course like, like Nick with hazmat, he does that stuff. So he's got his, you got your own problems with dealing with the hazmat stuff. But um, basically they tell you that you smell um, smoke or diesel exhaust. All of our, you know, 99% of our trucks are diesel. Yeah. Uh, if you smell that exhaust, you're being exposed to carcinogens. So, so do you guys have pyro vents? We're getting I got, I got something. Well, yeah. What do you got? Yeah. yeah. What you got? Let me, let me ask y'all this. Yes, we fight fire and yes, we're exposed to carcinogens. But what's one thing that we're all really good at and we do every day? We Eat. smoke food. Clean. <laughs> Cleaning products. Yeah. Yeah. Every uh, fire well, department cleans. Who, yeah. Who's got four? Who uses four hundred nine? Yeah, I think I think every fire station uses four hundred nine or bleach, chlorine. I Fantastic! Mean, all that, yeah, that's good stuff. All that stuff <laughs> that because we clean every every morning. I, I think it's pretty. We clean every morning. We mop. We sweep. Wipe down the commodes. All that good stuff. So I mean, I'm not saying you need to go in there masked up suited up to clean the bathrooms but maybe we can take a few like turn ventil like ventilation like turn the fan on open the doors make sure you're airing out when you mop and <clears> stuff <throat> like that yeah pine salt smells great but i mean you're also breathing in harsh chemicals and it may not hurt you now but 
300 days out of the year for let's say 30 minutes a day, that stuff adds up. It takes little nicks on your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nick, Nick, while you're going, why don't you, what, what kind of stuff does your department do for decon wise? We have uh we'll call it cancer buckets. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's, it's a black bucket with our patch on it. And, um, basically it's got, um, what it's got wipes like shower wipes. I don't know what brand they are, but they're like the rescue wipes or whatever. Um, we have, we, we, uh, you come out and basically you, the rinse you off with the booster nozzle, you take mm-hmm. your mask, dunk it, clean it and all that stuff. Um, I will say this, uh, there is a policy on it that we're supposed to be using it when you come out, but it's one of them things. It's like, <clears throat> like the Pearson nozzle. It just, it's, it's, it's on the truck. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't it, it doesn't get used like it should. Um, I can tell you this: the fire we had the other night. Um, granted, it was in a, ba- a vacant structure. It was brand. It was bit. You can tell it was abandoned because it was growing up in the woods. Well, um, we had a few guys kind of not really go in, but kind of inch their way in to just try to get some of the spots where the walls are. And uh, um, our captain's big on the whole uh, being clean. And he's like, go when you go to when you go to rehab, we've set the cancer bucket up. Go ahead and if you're gonna smoke your cigarette or spit your Copenhagen and get some Gatorade, go ahead and clean your crap while you're there. Yeah, yeah. There's somebody there who will help you. Nick, so. uh, kind of off of last episode, how big is your department? Like station wise, how many stations? How many square miles do you know off the top of your head? Square miles, I'd have to look it up. We have 17 stations. Well, that's a pretty big area then. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Cumberland County is, you know, butts up to Fort Bragg. So, very booming economic econo- okay. <laughs> economy, very large area. Doug wants to make sure that he's the biggest fire department. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Hey, I know, I know, hey, I am. You um, got to listen to the last run, episode. If you want to brag mentioned- on how many more call EMS runs you make. No, happy for you. No, I was I was going to that to get to this. Matt mentioned them. You guys don't have a second set of gear, right, Matt? You have to re- requisition that when you need it. Uh, no, no, no. Well, we're trying to just get all brand new, you know. So we're trying to. So your second set's just really old. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I no. I, what, where I was going with that was yeah. Where I was going with that was are you, do you have in your possession two sets of turnouts so you can wash one? Yeah. And and put a clean one on. Yeah. Freddie, you got a, you got a really small department. What are you guys doing? Uh, so I, I'm pretty <clears throat> I'm pretty fortunate with the department that I work for now. Uh, we actually um have a pretty good tax base. The um citizens are super supportive of us. However, um there there might be people out there. I you know, hopefully this doesn't come as a shock to anybody. But you know, a, a new set of turnout gear, bunker pants, boots, helmet. Coat, hood, gloves, what have you. You're looking at like eighteen, nineteen hundred bucks for a set right now um, of turnout gear. I have thirty three guys uh, and girls on my department, so that math adds up really quickly. And uh, with me having a, a little over a year and, and a few months on this new department, um, I completely understand their their uh, hesitance to be like, "All right, hey, here's two brand new sets of gear." for you to use and what have you. I, I have a brand new set that they got me 
Um, I think it came when I had like eight months on or what have you. And they're starting to get some guys who have seven, eight years on. They're getting their second set. And uh, the ideal nature of it is that your set of gear gets replaced roughly every, uh, you know, eight years you get a new set. So there's always a rotation going on. Yeah. But So you don't flirt with that 10-year mark. Yeah, but it's expensive, man, and yeah. and there's there's turnaround times, and uh, you know, sometimes gear fails, so guys have to get uh, you know, a, a new jacket, so that's an un- unexpected expense. Um, what it really, what it really comes down to is uh, that we have done, um previous department, this department is, uh, Hey, uh, you know, Steve, you're about the same size as me. Um, you know, send him a text. Hey, uh, I'm throwing your gear on the truck for an hour, hour and a half. I'm gonna borrow your stuff. I, I, we just caught a, caught a fire and I am, uh, going to use your gear, uh, until mine gets cleaned. So, um, outside of, outside of that, um, you know, you, you got to do the best you can with with the equipment that you have because sometimes it's not going to uh, be the perfect situation that you can just oh I'll, I'll use my second set of gear that I have or, or whatever because there's budget limitations and yeah. what have you. I got Freddie. Freddie, let me ask you something. You talking yeah. about? budget stuff and like low it's called low income rural fire departments for sure a lot a lot of these volunteer fire departments don't have gear extractors or gear washers can you because you know we have a lot i'm sure we have quite a few volunteer firemen listen to our podcast can you give them a cheap economical way if you can't wash your gear and a washer dryer what's a way they could um you know, get rid get rid of all that soot and crud off their stuff. Yeah, do that- do for for you guys that that Nick, I know you work at a volunteer station. Mm-hmm. Um, do do some of your volunteer guys or your paid departments? Do they allow them to bring their gear there and wash it in their gear washers or Freddie? Or do you want to touch on maybe how to how to do it without a gear washer? The yeah, best you can. So, <laughs> um, just as a, a as a, a pre precursor to this is is this is strictly my opinion uh as a podcast we're not getting paid uh i'm not getting paid for this this is just a company that i've run into that i offered uh to help them out a little bit um she actually um she actually started out using responder wipes it's 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 basically a baby wipe that you wipe the stuff off uh, she's rebranded herself. It's it's thin red line decon now, and under her umbrella now she has different products. And one of those products is called Citro Squeeze, and uh, Citro Squeeze is something that my department uses. It's a specific uh, detergent, Tide All, uh, Kirkland brand, what have you, and it's made for um, it's made for cleaning turnout gear, removing that nasty stuff out of the turnout gear. Um, Having a gear extractor is ideal. Uh, like Nick said, some of these smaller departments, they don't have the capability to buy a $5,000 gear extractor. So my suggestion uh, is uh, look them up, Citro Squeeze, get yourself a five-gallon jug of it, uh, make up a bucket, get yourself a, a scrub brush, separate all your gear out, 
scrub it up with a scrub brush and then spray it off with a hose and then hang it up to dry. Um, when you're looking for the ideal situation, you got two sets of gears, you got a gear extractor, you got this, you got that. Uh, when you don't have that ideal situation, then you make do with what you have. You scrub up your gear. Um, uh, not having the means, I don't think is a good reason to just get cancer. If that, no. if that yeah. makes sense to you, no, uh, absolutely not. Th there's always, there's always workarounds. There's always ways to, to try and accomplish a goal. Uh, you obviously always want to try and be effective at effective and efficient, effective, but, um, effective. Okay. Uh, but there's, there's, uh, there's always <laughs> more than one way to skin a cat. If you will. Don't wash it at home in your personal washing God, no. machine and dryer. Don't. I was no. told as a volunteer to take it down to the laundromat. Oh that, my God. Uh, please don't do it. He that. said, don't do it at <laughs> home. Go to the laundromat and do it. The whole oh, town has cancer now. Well, yeah, everybody's got cancer. It's called a snowball. That's called so, the snowball effect. Yeah. The effect. So back to uh, we were talking about department size and gear washers and stuff. Obviously, I work for the biggest department of us five. And <laughs> most, most I'm not, that's not a flex, bro. That is not a flex. Congratulations. You go to more lift assists and chest pains and fall in. I fall in and I can't. Kiss my get ass. Off. There you go, Doug. I'll yeah, that's me. Sixteenth time. Two years. We had an ambulance running out of our fire station. We'd probably smoke y'all. Shut up. All right. What, what I'm getting at, Let's see what happens. Say what it again. I'm getting at is because of our, the size of my department, we have there access to more funds, <laughs> right? So everybody gets two sets of gear out of drill school. You only get one helmet, but you got two sets of gear, and most of our stations. Oh, knee knocker. Most of our stations have gear washers now. Um, there was a time where they were kind of spread out throughout the county, but I'm pretty sure we've gotten to the point where everybody has one now. Um, and again, back to you guys talking about your, your buckets. We have a bucket on each unit. It's called the tag bucket. Um, the toxic atmosphere group is what it was. And it's got Dawn dish soap, a scrub brush, some trash bags. And we use Gojo wipes to, to do mm -hmm. your face and neck and stuff in your hands. And then you, you doff all your gear. You put it in a clear plastic bag. And it gets stored outside or in an outside compartment on the way back to the to the station. And you immediately tear that gear apart and wash it and use your second set of gear. Um, some some quick numbers. Uh, I know we're, we're starting to run a little long. We can talk about this forever. But um, the gist of it was just to, to wash your crap. So let's talk about the numbers and then we'll talk about those a little bit. So the average citizen and, and their cancer rates versus how how many more times likely someone in the fire services to get it. Brain cancer, 32%. Skin cancer, 39%. Malignant melanoma, 32%. Stomach, 22. Colon, 21. Prostate is a big one for us. It's only 28%, but it seems like a lot higher because a lot of guys that I know are getting, getting the prostate. prostate. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll talk about why in a minute. Uh, multiple myelomas, 53%. Uh, Unky said his brother, non-Hodgkin's lymphomas, 51%. Here's the biggest one. Actually, let's get to this one first. Rectal 29. And the biggest, which ties right into prostate, the biggest is testicular at 102%. Now, this one's really going to blow your mind. For the females, cervical cancer, 300% more likely Damn. to get cervical cancer. So the reason is- Than the because, average public. Correct. Than the average public. Now, the reason that the, the prostate, the cervical, and the testicular are so high is because that's the hottest area of our body. When we got to turn out your own, it gets the hottest. And obviously, the hotter areas are going to open your pores up, and they're going to want to pull in all those carcinogens because your pores are open. 
uh, your armpits, your neck is why we wipe our, our, our face and our neck off. All those areas that are, that are going to get the hottest are going to absorb more of those chemicals. So that's why those areas are higher. Um, Unky, is your brother, uh, you said he's, he's doing treatments right now. How's um, his prognosis? He's as right now he is in the clear. He got his port taken out from doing chemo. Thank you. Um, his department was great raising money. I raised money through my business, uh, pay for treatments, but he did, uh, multiple rounds of chemo in the past year. So he's slowly in the process right now, returning to the floor. So he's get trying to get all his checks in the box. So like I said, we got port. He's pretty good. I heard on the radio the other day and I, I wish I'd, I'd <clears throat> excuse me. I wish I'd, I'd backed up and done some research on it. It was on LA in the morning for you local guys that listen or Unky, I guess you might, you might do that. Um, that cancer survivors are up like 30 some percent. And I forget if it was over 10 or 20 year period, but the survivability of cancer is much higher. And they were talking about whether that was because of early notification or the advancements in medicine or, you know, what have you. And there's a lot of, we're not going to get into, you know, how much money cancer. Mm. That's not, it's not but worth making, making those right. statements. It's, so it, is it because, uh, Treatments have gotten better. We're recognizing it earlier. Or is it because, like Nick was saying, chemicals, food, everything you have and touch nowadays has something in it that causes cancer. So is it is that number higher because more people are getting cancer and are getting recognized? And that's why the survivability, it's, there's so much, uh, you could, so many roads you could go. Yeah, there's so many numbers you could follow and, and chase that uh, rabbit hole and just go down forever. But the long and short of that is, your survivability is rates are better today than ever. And I think they're going to continue to advance. But uh, for people in the fire service, I, I just read you those numbers. If you're not getting a physical every year by your department, if your department's not giving you one, you need to go get one hands down. Proactive. Um, every health insurance policy that I'm aware of will give you one for free. You should get a free physical every year, regardless with your health insurance. And if not, it's not going to cost that much. What is your life worth to you? You know, I got some to add. Um, great website. Uh, the headquarters of resources is Firefighter Cancer Network. You go on there. There's all kinds of uh, links to all kinds of firefighting cancer research. That everybody works together. They actually came out with a list that you print out and you give it to your provider. And it's for your whole career. It'll say like, you know, age 40, you need to do this and you get this checked. And work with your provider to get it done. Um so that's one thing for screenings, but you got to really work with your, uh, work with your modifiable risk factors. And there's seven key key figures out there. Um, I'm sorry to cut. You got healthy and well-balanced diet and regular exercise, tobacco and alcohol use directly linked to cancer. Yeah. Occupational stress calls at all hours, the traumatic experiences, <clears throat> uh, you need adequate sleep. Uh, protective laws and regulations. You got to limit your toxic chemical exposures and the, your department guidance. Pause for effect. Uh oh, we lost them. They're like, oh, that's just oh, a little hey. blurb. So. Yeah, you paused you for me? like 10 seconds there. Okay. Do it again. <clears throat> I just kidding. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's just got to. There's so many risk factors and you just got to do what you can to slowly chip away at it. Yeah. Uh, it's 
we could talk about this. I, I personally could talk about this for days. Uh, cancer is a big deal to me. Again, it's it runs in my family. It's been extremely traumatic for my family um, on on my and my wife's side. Um, her mother, my, my mother-in-law, just um, was, well, she just went through uh, breast cancer treatment and a mastectomy um, late last year. Uh, but we could talk about this forever. But again, the end all be all is get yourself checked. Do what you can to avoid it. Do some research on things you can do to lessen your chances of it. Clean your stuff. Clean yourself. Don't hang out in you know in a in a, a diesel particular full environment. Matt mentioned the uh, exhaust systems. I know my department. We're, we're working on getting those and installing them in every station now. Um, I, I we didn't have any of them up until you know we just started talking about it. But I know a lot of the city departments do because space is limited and that kind of thing. What we've typically done is, you know, when the unit pulls in, you leave the front and the back door open. Or if you have to back in, if it's only a one way, uh, you just leave the door open for a while and let the air circulate. And the ventilation system comes on with the timer and it it kind of creates an updraft. But anyway, do what you can to minimize your risk, that kind of stuff. Um, and any guys, you guys got anything else you want to close with or have we have we kind of hit the, the upper crust of it? Yep. Just ma make sure you're taking care of yourself. Yeah, that's what it comes down to, man. You're, I mean, it's it's your life, it's your it's your family's, you know, livelihood, that kind of stuff. Don't give your, you know, you don't want to. Nobody wants cancer. It's miserable. I mean, if you've everybody in the that I know of, I mean, everybody has been touched by cancer in some way, and if you've been close enough to it, to to not, I mean, not just see a, a relative, you know, get cancer and pass away from it, but to be close enough to see what they have to go through and the struggle of every day when it's bad it's bad. All right. So you, it's not something anybody wants to deal with. So do what you can to avoid it. Nick, are you trying to say something? You're just showing us your beautiful face. I know, and I know you, you have those guys and gals who get back late at night from a fire and skip the shower and hop straight back into bed. I had I went to I went to recruit school. I went to drill school with a guy who every time he runs a fire when he gets back to the station, before he showers, he'll get on the treadmill and run a while and sweat to open his pores up. Now I've I've I don't know the research on this, but I've I've heard guys talking about saunas after jobs. Now I don't know what what kind of departments have them or who has them or whatever, but I've heard that, you know, getting in that hot environment to open everything back up and then getting in the shower, it it statistically washes off more particulate because you're opening instead of your pores being closed from, you know, whatever, and then just wiping the skin, you're actually getting, you know, a little deeper, but that's something we could talk about at a later date. So mm -hmm. um, that being said, a uh, good episode, good information put out today. That was awesome. What's your oh, recipe boy. like? Uh, <laughs> the pigs are back. Yeah. <laughs> The pigs look bigger. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they're a little bigger. So this is really <clears throat> this is, I believe, gonna be Jenny. And and this is Kenny or Kendall's. She hasn't named it yet. Kenny? But they're both females. So you Kendall, my daughter. This is her friend Addison. This is our shortstop. They spent the night here last night. And that's Kat. That's Catherine. She's our second baseman. Say hi, Kat. Hey. <laughs> Hello. Anyway, uh, I told y'all Super Bowl Sunday, so uh, I'm making my chicken wings today because everybody loves them. I'm not going to get into too much detail about how to cook them because I could talk about that for a long time. It's going to be posted to the website. I'll post the actual recipe that I use for the sauce. That's the best part of it. And 
Um, it, you can cook them how you want. Everybody has a preference. Some people like them fried hard. Some people like them smoked, baked, what have you. I bake mine in the oven, but I do bake them hard. So I'll I'll rotate the pan or or you know get the grease out of the pan and turn them over. Because as long as they're baking in the oven, if they're baking in oil and water that comes out of the wing, they're never going to get crispy. Mm-hmm. I like my I like my wings crispy, and I just like I said I bake them hard or fry them hard because the sauce is going to put some moisture back in them. So I'll post that. I promise you're going to love them. They're phenomenal. Uh, rookie tip this week is going to the West Coast. Matt, what you got? West Coast, baby. Uh, oh, so my uh, my rookie tip today is um, just like one of the first things I tell a rookie when they come in, if I whatever, if I have any influence on him or her, is that what you're about to endure for this year is a lot. You have a lot to learn in this year. And so it's a marathon, not a sprint. And so take it one step at a time. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I mean, we all pretty much, you know, maybe a different culture, but it's, what is it? The same circus, different clowns. Um, We have like 10 different passwords. I don't know if you guys, your IT department (laughs) has exploded, but now all of a sudden we've got, 20 character passphrases to even log in to run a call now. And then they say, it's got to text your, it's got to text your phone. You got to put in, we're like, dude, we just want to run a 911 call. I keep so what on I'm, my phone. What I'm getting I'm at is like, them. you got 10 passwords to learn how to use your email. That's, I mean, from that to worrying about cooking, to worrying about training, to worrying about everything else fitting in. Um, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And everybody knows that we're going to pressure you as if it was a sprint, but take it as a marathon, just some, uh, you know, just some words of advice, just take it easy. And, uh, and just know it's a ton of stuff to learn. Take it easy, baby. Take it easy. Take it easy. Okay. What do you got? Nick got something to say. I was asking, Doug, are we drinking, are we drinking already or? That's, that's the nectar to God, sir. Sundra. I got starry. Yeah, I was. I saw you pop. How is how is it? Is this tastes like Sprite? I've been seeing it no, everywhere. No, it don't taste like Sprite. It's got when it it's says serum bur- burst of lemon lime flavor. It's like that. Okay, that's spot on because it's very. It's good. I like Punch it. It's very fruity. I've been seeing it everywhere. They rebranded uh, Sierra Mist. That's all they did. We're, we're not talking about sugar, Matt. I think they put more lemon in it. Is that what it is, uh, Unky? Is it is it Sierra It's pretty much Sierra They Probably a little bit of formula change, but they also what? make a zero version of it, no sugar. Oh, no. really? That's what, what I need to find. What are we doing? Yeah, talking about almost the same label. Sugary drinks, Frederick. All right, all right, that's all we got, Matt. You want to take us out? You guys. Yeah, hey, it's shift change. Bye. I'm switching into my civvies and I am peacing out. Until yeah. next time, slip on the hey dudes. Yep. Hey, See follow you. us, subscribe.